Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you joined us. Today we title our message, Hard Truths, and I want to talk to you about this big idea. Listening to hard truths is challenging, but vital to our spiritual growth. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's grow. Come on, 9 a.m., let's grow. There we go. We believe this. We're a church that believes in a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. A church that not only teaches the gospel, but also reaches people. And we believe that every step of the way, we need to have this posture of growing, of being open, of receiving. That's why we meet. That's why we gather. So it's very vital to us, this growth mentality, this saying, I can be better because I have Jesus in my life. Now, where the rubber meets the road is sometimes it can be challenging to be told some hard truths in our life, right? Things you don't want to hear. And this is how we define hard truths. It's this, a fact that is difficult to accept. A fact that is difficult to accept. Now, I have some hard truths in my life. The first one is this, my Cincinnati Bengals... In my lifetime, I will probably never see win a Super Bowl. Hard truth. Another hard truth that I'm coming to realize is this. The older I get, my body aches in ways that I never would have imagined. Can anybody relate there? I'm playing a little t-ball with my sons outside. I'm like, I'm waking up sore and I did nothing. Hard truths. They're difficult to accept or... I remember my wife and I, like, I'm inspired by her musical talents and ability. And I'm thinking, hey, maybe we could do something on the road together. I can sing and you can sing. And I mean, I was in varsity choir. I told her, I'm like, man, I I made it as a freshman when I was in high school. About two years into our marriage, she goes, Blake, I hate to break your heart. Singing's not your cup of tea. Hard truth. It's a difficult reality. Well, maybe some hard truths hit us a little harder. Maybe there's a medical situation in your family and what you thought the avenue God had put before you has now pivoted and actually became something else in your life, something you never thought you would have to deal with. Maybe a hard truth is That child of yours is not going to be the superstar athlete, isn't going to be the great brainiac that you thought. In fact, they're kind of looking like they're more average. Hard truth, difficult to accept. Maybe you're still reeling and dealing with a loss of a loved one. Maybe that loss happened years and years ago, but you're still feeling it emotionally, mentally, It's a hard truth, difficult to accept. Maybe it's some of your insecurities. You're losing hair. You never met that right body image that you thought you would have. Hard truth, difficult to accept. See, life inaudates us with hard truths. But today we get to gather together because when hard truths hit us, we get to celebrate the greatest truth, and that's Jesus and who he is to each and every one of us. So if you're watching online, if you're here in this place, there is a hope that no matter what we face, a truth in Jesus can see us through that. 
hard truth, great truth, Jesus Christ, a radical truth, radical grace, radical love. So this morning, we're going to be looking at the essentials of hard truths and how they can help us grow in our spiritual life. And we're going to be looking at a story found in John chapter 8. We discussed it last week. We're picking up uh, a middle of a conversation, and we're actually picking up where we left off. Now, let, let's play some catch-up. Maybe you weren't with us. Jesus has this encounter with a group of believers. He's having a conversation with them, and it just comes off the heels of this Feast of Booths, where the Jewish people would come out of their city or come out of their homes, and they would uh, meet in the center uh, of the city, and they would meet on the streets, and they would celebrate what God did for them when he led them through the wilderness, the Feast of Booths. They would erect houses, and maybe you're with us, you are familiar with what we talked about last week. So then Jesus leans in a little closer to them and speaks some really hard truth for a quote-unquote group of believers. In fact, he says this, he closes also, if you remember in verse 38, he says, I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have heard of your father. And up until this point, the audience, this group of believers, they're like thinking, who is your father? And this is where Jesus really presses the gas and lays into it right here, a very hard truth for the audience. So I'm going to ask you as we get ready to read this verse, if you'll stand with me, and I need some help this morning. I need you to yell as loud as you can or speak with gumption, speak with a passion when you see a highlighted word up here on the screen. So here we go, John chapter 8, verse 39. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he who sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. That's the truth, the hard truth that Jesus tells this group of believers. And your will is to do your father's desires. So not only is he commenting on who your father is, he's also saying you're acting a lot like this evil individual. He was a murderer from the beginning and not and does not stand in the because there is no in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? And then Jesus goes on, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. God. Now that is potent truth for this group of believers. Let's pray for the reading of God's word this morning. God, we pray that you continue to guide us and lead us and move in our lives in a way we can't even imagine. Help us to take this word and apply it to our hearts and our souls and our minds. And may we live with might in your great and holy name. We all say, 
Amen. You may go ahead and have a seat. Thank you so much for helping me out this morning. So let's get on the same page about where we get some truths practically in our life. First, truths come from the right people. The right people first, that person is Jesus. What everything lines up in his word, that is the lens we first should be looking at. So let's put a little practical sense. And uh, let's say you're in business, okay? You uh, look at another business and you say that business is doing uh, just awesome. Their, their, their baseline, their projected growth is doing phenomenal. So you would go to maybe that business leader. If you're a smart entrepreneur, you would say, hey, uh, what's the secret to your success? Well, let's say they give you some great advice, but then there's some unethical advice that doesn't line up with God's word. Well, I would say, hey, the, the first person, the first stop we make is the lens Jesus gives us, the, the right person in your life. Now, there's ways that God uses other individuals, coworkers, mentors, bosses, and then you ask them maybe, what's some of your advice or what's some truth you can speak into my life? For instance, I, in, in life, it's, it's my wife, it's my children, or it's God, it's my wife, it's my children. That's the priority. It's biblical priority. And there's this rap when it comes to pastor's kids. Sometimes pastor's kids are some of the worst kids. They get this weird kind of rap in the ministry realm. You might get that. You might have heard that. Like, oh man, that's a pastor's kid. It's almost like they've been too confined and, and, and too uh, uh, just held into a certain standard. And so they become these kids you should watch out for. Well, here's my heart, my passion. I don't want my kids to maybe live up to that stereotype. So I lean into Pastor Goss. See, Pastor Goss was a huge testimony in his life is all five of his, his children are in some way, shape, or form serving at a high capacity in their churches. That's phenomenal. That's a testament. None of, none of saying, hey, I don't like the church and of taking a step back. So I lean in and say, hey, Pastor Goss, you're the right person in my life. I, I, can, li- I, I can put this Jesus lens on your life. How'd you raise your children? That's phenomenal. That's amazing. I mean, you got Pastor Steph, you got Rachel who does ASL, you have Jason and Nate who are lead pastors, you have Luke who shreds on the guitar. Huge. That's a way we can get truth. Hard truth is the right people. Secondly, it's experiences. Both bad and good experiences can give us some real hard truths in our lives. We'll even see, and we'll fast forward here. James says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many of us have known that whenever we go through an experience in life, we can learn some truth from that experience? It's some of the best teachers in our life. So today as we continue, I want to talk to you about four truths that will help us grow. The number one is this, four truths reveal our behavior. Now, this group of believers, Jesus said that I've, you've seen, I have seen what my father's done, you have heard of what your father's done, and they answered him and they said this, Abraham is our father. 
Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Now there's two major contrasts here. The first one is this. We have these believers. They feel like they are in step and in tune with their heritage and lineage. They're saying, Abraham, we are in a relationship with him. We follow him and and we're descendants of him. Now the contrast is this. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. No, you're not. You're just a physical descendant of Abraham. There's no active, real relationship there. You're just connected by being a part of the group. In John 8.36, Jesus acknowledges that your offspring... And in other words, the Greek word is sparma, a a seed. It means a sown seed. Here's the thing about seeds when they're planted. It can be the most highly engineered, evolved kind of plant, hybrid sort of plant. But if that seed is just stuck in the ground and it's not nurtured, it's not watered, it's not in a proper soil, then that seed can't grow. That's what Jesus is saying to this group of believers that you're just a seed of Abraham. You're just a a beneficiary of the, the donor of his history, of his lineage, of his obedience. That's all that is there. Now, here's the thing when it comes to Abraham, this is what happens. Abraham, there's two prominent situations in Abraham's life where Jesus is saying, no, you're not not obedience. The first one is this, Genesis 17. God gives Abraham the command, go circumcise yourself. And once you get on circumcising yourself, circumcise the household. Now, Abraham's at least 75 years old at this time. Can you imagine going through that situation, men in the house? It's like, hey, let's go get that flint rock outside. Fellas, meet me out by the shed. We're going to sharpen it up and we're going to get to work. That's crazy obedience right there. And I think we need to lean into that a little bit more. Specific, I have a passion for, I have a passion for men. And in other words, that... I believe that America doesn't need more guidelines, restrictions, more government, any of that. I believe America needs more godly men. And when we come to this point, when we see that Abraham's this man that leans in and says, hey, I'm willing to give myself the most intimate part of my being over to this holy God, God radically blesses his life. Some of the biggest things that plight the church, the men of the church, is the sexual immorality, the, the inability to say, God, I'll give you everything but this one area. I mean, we see it all over social media. We see it all over the news. We see it all over Netflix, Hulu. It is throwing our way. And men, I want to challenge you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, give every peace of yourself over to God. Live in tune with the way he commands us. Number two, a way Abraham that showed significant obedience is this. He was willing to go sacrifice his son Isaac. 
He's willing to give his, not only his most intimate part of himself, but his most valuable possession, his son that was promised, 100 years old, he finally gets his one son. And God says, you know what, I need you to go sacrifice him. See, Abraham had so much faith that he was willing to, he believed that if he would have killed Isaac, that God would have raised him from the dead. That's how much faith Abraham had. Jesus is saying that your obedience isn't anywhere close to Abraham's. You are doing the works your father did. Continue, we see four ways hard truths help us grow. They reveal our willingness to adapt. Reveal our willingness to adapt. See, it's important when we look, there's two sides. We can either adapt what's thrown our way, or we can hold a posture that's saying, hey, I'm not going to do that. So we even see later on in, in uh, John chapter 8, 38, when Jesus is saying, are you like Abraham or are you not like Abraham? There's two ways you can go about it. You can get defensive or you can get a spirit and a posture of discernment. These followers, these believers of Jesus that he categorizes, he says, hey, you know what? They instantly go, well, we are not born of sexual immorality. They were showing this inability to adapt. See, four, four ways hard truth help us grow as they reveal our willingness to adapt. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he who sent me. See, this group time and time again heard about Jesus, were taught about Jesus. Jesus' popularity was, was going through the roof. He was a polarizing figure, but they could not accept Jesus. Abraham could have accepted Jesus. They were not accepting Jesus. We even see in John, and it continues, why do you not understand what I say, Jesus says? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. And we see in John chapter 5, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. Father who sent him. They have this preconception idea. Last week we talked about this P word called presumption. Now we're talking about preconception, which inhibits our ability to accept new ideas. There's this uh, Harvard Business Review. They said in 2017 that personality test, anybody ever taken a personality test? It's DISC, it's Strength Finders, it's Enneagram. Okay, there's this study that was from Harvard Business Room in 2017. It's a $500 million industry. Fortune 500 companies take it, churches take it, schools take it, and there's pros and cons. First, it helps you articulate some of your strengths and weaknesses, but also some of the cons is it puts a lid on maybe what you believe about yourself. In his book, Permanent, or Personality Isn't Permanent, Dr. Benjamin Hardy dissects personality, and he makes a case that is not something to be discovered. It's not something that is fixed. It doesn't indicate your true authentic self. Instead, Hardy says that personality is something that, you, that can and should be adapted and grow into your future self. See, what's unique when Jesus is having this conversation with these believers, 
they didn't want to adapt and accept him. They were comfortable with their fixed ideas. If we're not careful, we can very easily be comfortable and not want to adapt, not want to change. See, the message of the gospel, it never changes, but the methods of the church may. The way we reach people, the way we teach people, it may change from what it was 20, 30 years ago. I remember sitting down with my grandmother, Elsie Scott. She said, you know what? Growing up, there was never allowed a guitar in church. Now we got like five of them and it's like, rock out. Things change. We have to have this willingness to adapt and go to where people are to give them the radical news, a hard truth of the gospel message. Four ways hard truth help us grow. Number three, they reveal our motives. John 8, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He, has a mur- he was a murderer from the beginning, talking about Cain and Abel, and he does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar, the father of lies. Now, there's three times in the Gospel of John where the devil is associated with a person. Twice, Judas Iscariot, the man who betrayed Jesus at the cross, who sold Jesus out, and then once here. Now, there's this argument against theologians that they have. Was the devil actually present? Was it this demonic possession that took hold of this group of believers? Or were these people just so evil or turned off to Jesus that they just did evil acts? So the question is, which is worse? Is it this being demon-possessed, having the devil actively and alive and present in your life, or is it just doing evil works? The answer is yes. See, uh, I love what A.W. Tozer, he says this, it is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. secular. It is why he does it. The motive is everything. Let a man sanctify the Lord God in his heart and he can thereafter do no common act. It's all about the motives, the posture we hold on what we do. Is it an evil act? Is it a temptation? What is our true desire? I love what one author said. It says that, he said this, we are all self-centric. It's just the radius that varies. It's important that we lean into that and ask ourselves, what is my motive? So I'm gonna give you three quick questions that ask you about your motives. When you go about your life, the first one is this, am I doing this, you name it, blank activity to be recognized, seen, or loved by others? If that's your motive, if that's your driver, I would say, have precaution. Number two, this one kind of hit me right in between the eyes. It says this, if criticism and attacks are launched against me, Am I going to quit? Or number three, do I manipulate people or situations to get my way? See, Jesus is addressing and, and looking at their motives. Number four, the way motives help us grow is this, they re, or the way hard truths help us grow is this, they reveal the majesty of Jesus. 
John 8, 46 says this, which one of you convicts me of sin? This is this bold, audacious claim that Jesus is making. If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Understand that this claim that Jesus is making is so out of the ordinary to this group that they're taken aback. Raise your hand right now if you've ever made a mistake. I didn't see some hands going up. You need to punch that person. See, Jesus is so sure of who he is that God sent him, the one and only son. He, he knew what was going to happen, how he was going to atone for each and every one of us listening here and listening back then and those to come in the future, that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. That he asked, they, they said, which one of you can convict me of sin, Jesus says. It was such a moment where like, they, they were thrown for a curveball. They, they couldn't understand, like, what? See, so many times in Scripture, what is happening when Jesus is laying this real truth to them, it says, and Jesus would say, they said. Jesus would say, they said. When really it should have been, when Jesus said something, they listened. See, this is what I want you to listen. This is what I want you to, to grasp. Maybe there's behavior that's going on in life, and it, some of that's being revealed to you. Maybe it's some of your motives that are being questioned. Maybe it's you're struggling with this, this time of adapting. No matter what you go through, no matter what hard truth you face, we have a majesty in Jesus that will see us through. Maybe that hard truth is a broken relationship. Maybe your marriage is on the ropes. Maybe there's components in your personality that need to change and you're struggling to adapt. Maybe your spending habits are out of balance and hard truths are coming in the way of bill collectors are calling. See, hard truths are all around us. Hard truths are present. But we have the majesty of Jesus that we can lean into. It goes on, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. My prayer for each person in this place is that we hear the words of God. Um, when I was with my wife, we were living in California, it's part of our story. In uh, John chapter 6, 27, there's this verse that says, do not focus on what you will eat or the perishable things, but on eternal things. We're sitting in our house in California and we're trying to figure out, God, we feel stirring in our heart. We don't know what that might be. We, we felt comfortable. We, we felt okay with where we were at. We felt that God was giving us opportunities. But we just felt this season of unrest, uh, what we call a holy discontentment. And we were trying to lean in. I was like, God, just, just speak in my life. Like, like, can you write it in the sky? Can you, can you have, give me a phone call? 
And there was this, this moment, and we were going on for about a month, and, and honestly, we didn't know what to do, just very discontent in life. And uh, been praying and studying and praying and studying, doing what I, what I was raised to do, only thing I knew what to do. Still stuck with a question, lack of clarity. Wake up one morning, John 6:27 spoke to me. It's, it's a verse that's always, it, it just pops in my mind all the time. Don't focus on the perishable things, focus on the eternal things. I, uh, for a guy who's wired like me when I, I was scared at this moment because I knew God was asking us to take a leap, to move to Florida from California, from coast to coast. And there was no answer. We didn't have a job lined up. We didn't know what we were gonna do. Some of you know our story, I called Pastor Goss and he's like, hey, come jump on the team. You can be kind of my interim youth guy, let alone, we're gonna be here a little longer than interim. But I remember there in John, when I read that verse that morning, I was like, God, that's not like, come on. Like, I don't focus, I'm a, I'm a pastor. Like I focus on things, but God was really speaking like, no, Blake, you're scared. Hard truth. I go to lunch later that day and this individual says, why are you playing it so safe? Now, for my wiring, I'm like, I don't play it safe, man. I, like, I'm, I'm all at it. Let's go. Later on, my wife and I reconvened family dinner that night. And she goes, Blake, I feel like we're just kind of playing scared. Hard truth. Three times in that specific day. Hitting me. No idea. I struggled with that. How dare you say like I'm not following God and that, that's the way I was receiving it. See, when we look at this message today, when we look at the way hard truths are in our life, my prayer is this, that we lean into and hear the words of God. See, listening to hard truths, it's not easy, it's challenging, it's vital though for our spiritual growth. So here's my hope for you this morning and throughout this week that one, you accept the truth of Jesus. Now the truth of Jesus, if I'm honest with you, it, it can be hard at times because it's a life commitment. It's a change. But it's the best truth that we can follow. So I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, watching online, fill out a communication card. If you haven't started a relationship with Jesus, if you confess that he's the Lord and Savior, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then the journey begins. But then maybe you're here and during this next week, what is a hard truth you need to bring attention to and work on? We all have some hard truths in our life that we need to evaluate. Maybe there's a right person you need to talk to or an experience you need to reflect on and say, hey, speak into my life. Reveal this hard truth because it's essential to our spiritual growth. We don't want to be like this group of believers that had Jesus right there in front of them, yet they said no. We want to listen. God, make us hearers of your word. So I'm going to ask us to stand as we enter into a time of reflection. We're going to close in a worship song, and we're going to pray. 
And then we're gonna lead into the last song and we're gonna go about our week. And we're gonna pray, God, reveal a hard truth, but help us to understand and help us to apply it so we can grow spiritually. With every head bowed. Lord, we give you this time right now and we say thank you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to grow in your word. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to learn what you have in store for us. Lord, today we talked about a tough topic and that's hard truths in our life. Lord, we know that hard truths are extremely challenging to receive, but we pray that you give us a willingness to receive so we can therefore understand. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to grow in our spiritual journey. And no matter what we are hit with, we know that the radical majesty of Jesus Christ is there for each and every one of us. So God, as we give you this time and as we reflect in this last closing song, I pray that you be with those who are dealing with hard truths right now. I pray that you be with those are going through some situations and I pray that you be with those who have made a decision to follow you because we know we serve a God that can do it again and do it again in your great and holy name we all say thank you for joining us for today's service if you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700 if you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida. 